Anyway, so um, it is such a privilege to bring the word this morning. For those who don't know me, I am Jan. I'm married to the amazing, handsome Nick over here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> is there a clap? And um, yeah, so we have survived the week. We had a week of um, a sick husband and a sick little boy, and um, we are here, and I'm so excited for what God is going to do in our midst. And um, yeah, we have four beautiful children. Malachi wants to stay in to hear his mummy, <laughs> although he did hear me um, last night. So we are in a series called Fruitfulness. How beautiful is that slide that Gary and Candace made? It's stunning, right? So um, Stan introduced the, the Fruitfulness series last Sunday, and as an eldership, we really believe that God has actually got incredible life-giving fruit for us, that for some of you, you may find that you're in the season of barrenness. Some of you might feel like you're in this um, transition season where you're waiting for, for God. You haven't received your breakthrough, but you're waiting. And some of you may be very well living in the land of milk and honey, and would all love to come and taste some <laughs> to see how good it is. But no matter where you find yourself in, the, in that um, array of of seasons, I believe God wants to teach us something this morning about being pruned in John 15. And so the title of my preach is um, Pruned to Bloom this morning. And um, the Spirit of God wants to liberate us, wants to set us free from small thinking, wants us to be dreamers of wild, impossible dreams, wants us to hope again, wants us to be a community of faith because He has more for us. And you know what He says in John 15? He says, those who bear fruit, He will prune so that they can bear more fruit. And so he is so excited about God is as invested in us walking into the fruitful season that he has for us as we hope in our hearts that we'll walk into. And at my 30th birthday, which wasn't so long ago, um, my dad actually gave me a beautiful charge. And I'll never forget, he had this one-liner when he said, Jan, be bolder, be braver, and run harder after all the things God has in store for you in your 30s. And church, this morning I feel that the Father God is saying to you, Glenridge, it's a season to be bolder, to be braver, and to run harder after all that God has for you as a community, both corporately and individually. And so this message is for, as I said, so if you do have your Bibles and you love to have the hard copy in your hands, you can flip to John 15. If you have your phone like Bevy over there, you can scroll to John 15. No Instagramming there, Bevy. <laughs> Trendy Bev and Bob sitting next to each other. Can I always say they like our mom goal? They're, like, they're my mom goals. <laughs> So, John 15. Okay, before we jump in, the context, I'd love to set some context. So, John 15 is actually one of Jesus' last teachings to his disciples before his betrayal and arrest. And so, in essence, it's like his farewell speech. Just like Ryan and Bridge came and gave us a little farewell speech and a charge this morning, so too Jesus was teaching his disciples and um, giving them a farewell charge. And he knew 
the dark days that were about to come. But the disciples didn't. And so this was actually an encouragement and exhortation to his disciples to abide and remain in him and be encouraged because he is the giver of good fruit. And so let's jump in. Also, the, the, just to, to let you know, the, the cultivation of vineyards was central to the life and economy of Israel. Have you ever, you, we all hear God individually. These disciples knew what Jesus was talking about. So he says, Jesus says, I am the true vine. Is it on the screen yet, Dash? There we go. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So, it's quite a meaty text, a chapter chapter in the Bible, and there's so much there, I feel like we could actually spend a whole series on just John 15, but um, I'm going to try and digest this meaty piece of scripture, and hopefully we can walk out of here with some good, fresh bread to equip us and empower us on this faith journey. And so I have, Joel and I, my little three-year-old Joel and I went to the nursery, and they thought I was this crazy woman because I was like, please, can I have a grape tree? <laughs> they were like, what do you want? And I said, I want a grape tree. So we went searching while Joel was running up and down the, um, he was running up and down the banks. And this grape tree was so old, it, the roots had actually grown into the ground. And the poor man was like pulling and yanking it out for me. But I'm very happy because I've got the grape tree. And so I wanted to just explain the definition of pruning to us. And I hope that you understand this. And so, um, what is pruning? Pruning is simply, by definition, to cut off, to take away, um, so that it can be encouraged for growth. Okay, and so I went on this researching journey of what a gardener does and what a vine dresser does, and I learned so many amazing things, and I hope you found them amazing too. And so this is a vine, actually. This is the vine here. This is actually just the trellis. But there's a big, thick piece of wood here, and it's the vine. And then obviously we have the branches stemming off. And so the amazing thing is that these branches will keep growing. And actually, if this plant is left unpruned, it doesn't get pruned, it will grow really, really wild and out of control. And they'll have loads and loads of branches and loads and loads of leaves. Okay, this one doesn't actually have fruit yet. But what happens if it's not pruned is it may produce a little bit of fruit, 
but the fruit will actually never reach its full, full maturity, um, and it won't be luscious and beautiful and big. And so what, what the vine dresser does is he actually has to cut this branch all the way back to its fruit, to literally to the stem as if there's nothing here, to encourage new growth, and so that there won't just be more fruit, but there'll actually be bigger, better fruit. And Dash, can you put that picture up that I found? So this, not that one, the prune, not pruned image of, a, of the two clusters of grapes. I thought it was such a great demonstration. How interesting is that? So the, the, the grapes on the left are pruned, and the grapes on the right are not pruned. So that's just a visual representation of what the fruit likes, is like if it's pruned or not pruned. Next up, interestingly, is that sometimes the, the branches actually fall down and actually grow downwards and along the ground. And I found this so fascinating. Dash, you can go back to the scripture. John 15, verse 2, Jesus says, verse 2 there, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, what is your immediate thinking? If you don't bear fruit, he's going to take me away. Where? Well, the amazing thing is that take away, God uh, revealed this to me last night as I was going over it, but take away in the Greek language is actually eros, and it means to lift up, to raise, to elevate. And so get this, Jesus doesn't just take you away. No, the vine dresser comes, the vine dresser comes in the garden with his bucket, and I learned from a vine dresser's article, <laughs> with his bucket, and he searches in the vineyard for the branches that are hanging low. And we know Jesus says that every branch in me, so believers who know Jesus, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, who are hanging low, maybe you're hanging low because you've had despair, disappointment, false hope, maybe you've taken offense, you haven't dealt with it, maybe you're harboring unforgiveness towards somebody, maybe you're living in perpetual sin and you're hanging low. Do you know what Jesus does, friends? He comes and he searches out, he pursues you, and he literally takes a bay, he takes this up, the vine dresser actually takes a bucket of water through the vineyards and washes the plants because they've gotten dirty from being in the sand, from not getting enough sunlight, and he washes it just like Jesus washes us by the Spirit of God. He brings sanctification. He brings conviction. And so as a believer, we've got to lean on the dependency of the Spirit because it's the Spirit that actually convicts us of sin, of something we've harbored in our hearts. And Jesus washes us by the Word, and He lifts us up. The vine dresser will lift it up, either turn it around the, the trellis or tie it up. And so Jesus actually comes, friends. Today he's coming to you. He's in the room. And he's saying, what are you dealing with? What are you holding in your hand? Are you holding offense? Because the Spirit of God wants to liberate you this morning. Are you sitting with unforgiveness towards somebody? Jesus washed you by his blood. You have been forgiven and therefore you can forgive others. So he comes and lifts you up and raises you up. Incredible, hey? Jesus, how incredible. And so, 
next up on my learnings. <laughs> We're like in a, bio, a biology lesson over here. Hope you're all enjoying it. <laughs> next up is that um, if this plant, plant does not get pruned, what happens is it spends all its energy, time, resource, sap, water, everything that it gets given, it actually spends all of that nutrients on extending the branches and leaves instead of producing fruit. Does it sound familiar? How often do we overextend ourselves on things God hasn't asked us to? How often do we get distracted by everything else instead of abiding in the vine, abiding in Jesus? And so this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come and prune us. And he wants to say, I want you to deal with that offense. I want you to deal with perfection. I want you to deal with doing everything in your own strength because you can only do things through me. I want you to deal with the fear of man and only abide in me and have the fear of the Lord. I want to deal with sin. We need to be a people who are quick to confess. The Bible says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. This morning, God is asking you to repent. And you know what? There's going to be more beautiful big fruit that comes. Because he, he prunes those he loves. Friends, the process of pruning is undeniable. Whether we're in, we feel like we're being pruned in a barren season or whether we are in a land of favor, God, we will be pruned. Pruning is not punishment. Pruning is preparation. Pruning is not punishment. Pruning is preparation for the plans God has for you. And so I've just put some points down so we can land our preach. I'm only starting my preach and my points now. <laughs> Hope you have a good cup of coffee in your hand. <laughs> just teasing. And so there were actually three T's of pruning in the, in the natural world, and it's time, technique, and tools. And I felt the Holy Spirit give me these points. And it's, um, Dash, you can put it up. It's trust, tethered, tend, and timing. And I'm not going to actually go through them all for time's sake, but I do want to go through trust, okay? Trust. So in our season that we find ourselves, we are called to trust upon the name of the Lord. So last year was a very interesting year, and um, it was one of those years where God repeated one specific question to me. I would bear my heart out, pray, ask him for questions and clarity, and all he would say every single time was, do you trust me, Jan? And one night, I was in the shower, and out of the blue, totally out of context, Jesus says to me, so sorry, just to backtrack, for those who don't know, I work at the church part-time, and then last year, well, a few years back, God gave me some amazing clients and brands that I got to work on part-time, which I absolutely loved writing um, for them, and um, I had two amazing brands that I absolutely loved, and which was super helpful in helping have a dual income provide for our family of four children, and so 
in the shower, he randomly out of the blue says to me, um, I'm going to take away your clients. Do you trust me? And I was like, of course I trust you. I don't want to have to trust you, though. Don't put me in that position, Lord. <laughs> and so about a m month later, I have a dream in the middle of the night, and God gives me this real picture of a scene where I'm with my upline, with one of my brands, and they are um, letting me off. They are ending my contract, thanking me for my, my role. The next day, I get called into a meeting, and the meeting plays out exactly like the dream. And I literally sat there with the peace of God ruling in my heart, saying, yes, I trust you. I trust you, Jesus. I don't want to have to, but I'm going to trust you. I'm forced to now. <laughs> Two or three weeks go by, and my next client phones me. I'm so sorry, Jan. We're having budget cuts. We're ending your contract. <gasps> I trust you, Lord. Do you trust me, Jan? I trust you. Two days later, literally two days, our tenants, um, which income, their income really helps subsidize our bond repayments, gives us out of the blue, ending the contract early, they're leaving. I'm literally in a black panic now. I do not have peace in my heart. I phone Nick. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We've lost three streams of income. Nick's like, don't panic. What did God say? He said to trust him. And I had to go find the Lord and be, and I heard him say again, do you trust me? Yes, I trust you. And so he was pruning me of my own ability, actually, of financial independence, if you say, like I could do things in my own strengths. I have skills. I have expertise. People want me. I'm amazing. And God was like, no, 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 no. I'm pruning you of financial independence so that you can rely on me, your provider. I stand here today, and maybe we didn't see an exact, um, like, replica of income coming in. However, we did see Nick runs his own business, and we saw every cent paid off of debt. He had debt in his business, and we saw every single cent paid off in cash flow by the end of last year. And so we walked into 2024 debt-free, and I do believe that that was a part of our journey, and we're still trusting the Lord. And so this morning, friends, I do feel the Lord saying, do you trust him? Do you trust him? He's asking you, do you, do you trust him with your finances? Do you trust him with your future? Do you trust him with your children? Do you trust him with your marriage? Do you trust him in the season that you find yourself in? Let our war cry be, God, we trust you. God, we trust you. And so my next point is tethered. I'm going to jump to tethered. And so Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. The definition of abide is to stay, to remain, to wait for. We live in a culture of incredible distraction, right? I mean, our phones are constantly like, beep, 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 look at me, look at me. And we're in a culture of rushing, and we're in an information age where literally information is at our fingertips all the time. And we've almost lost our ability to just be still and know that He is God. Because we're so busy looking for answers in other places except in the vine, in Jesus. And this morning, I want to bring us back 
to Jesus, the vine. And we've got to tether ourselves. So just like this, this plant is tethered to this trellis and it's tied tight. It's almost like we need to tie ourselves tight to, to Jesus, the vine. We need to learn the art of remaining, of abiding in him. Did you know that we have lost our attention span to a goldfish? A goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. You know what we have in today's age? Eight second attention span. How awful is that? I know. And so we have to actually, I'm like in the season where I'm trying to teach myself to come before the Father, quiet my heart, turn off the phones, quit scrolling through YouTube, quit scrolling through podcasts to find somebody else's revelation for me, quit scrolling through Instagram to find a quote that actually feeds that season that you're in, and actually shut the door, go before the Father and ask Him for a word, because He is waiting for you, and He is waiting to speak to you. In, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about the secret place, and He's doing a teaching on, on prayer, tithing and giving. And you know what he says? You probably do know, but you know what he says at the end of every chapter? He says, um, and my father who sees in secret will reward you. It's time to start doing things in secret, Glenridge, because the vine dresser, Father God, wants to come and bring fruit. He wants to come and reward your faithfulness where you've diligently come and sat. And one day when we get to heaven and I face Jesus, I'm not going to have people all around me. It's going to be me and it's going to be Jesus. And I want him to say, Jan, I know you. I've loved being with you. Thank you for, for, like, thank you for counting the cost. And today in the culture of distraction, it actually does cost us something to not compromise on loving the Lord. So will we be a people of, of no compromise? It is time to get before the Father, to get with the one and abide in Him. And lastly, because I do want to just leave a bit of time for some ministry at the end. Do you still have it in you to listen? <laughs> is tend, tend. It is my responsibility before the Lord to deal with my heart. It's His responsibility to bring, up, bring about the fruit. My responsibility is to come before the promise giver and make him my absolute everything. And it's his responsibility to bring about the promise. But who am I seeking? I'm seeking him. And so Matthew says, seek ye first the righteousness of God and, and all these things will be added unto you. And you know what? When we find, when we seek him, the fruit just appears. There's just life overflowing. And so I want to make it simple for us this morning, and I'm telling myself too, the only thing we need to be concerned about is tending to our hearts. Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And so our responsibility is to guard our hearts. What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we feeding our souls with? We are called to guard our hearts especially in this age that we live in. And so how do we cultivate good soil for his seed to grow in? And I just wrote a few things down. Dash, you can pull up the first one. Just going to quickly go through them. But we need to trust. 
we, you can take a photo. I'm not going to go through all of them. We need to abide in the vine. We need to be submitted to the Spirit. If we're a believer in the room, the Holy Spirit is your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. The Holy Spirit is our guide. We need to submit unto the Spirit and let Him lead us into all truth. He, the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. He is the Spirit of truth. So if you're battling to find answers, go before the, before the Father, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you, and He will. I promise. Get in the Word. We all know that saying, pray every day. It's not pray, it's pray. <laughs> I used to sing this in Sunday school, and my boys now come home singing it. And if you all know that song. It goes, um, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. <laughs> read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. And it is so true, friends. If we submerse ourselves in the Word of God, the Word of God. You know what John 1 says? Jesus is the Word of God made manifest. Are you battling to see Jesus? Are you battling to hear from Him? Get into the Scripture. Don't leave it until He speaks to you, until you get a word from Him. Be a people of the Word. The Word washes us too. Ephesians says that. The Word washes us. So to grow community, be in good community. We heard from the Littletons how community has been so important. The next slide, Dosh. Thankfulness, cultivate a culture of thanksgiving. Worship, Psalm 100, I love. If you have time, go into your Bibles and read that in the message. Pray in tongues. I'm going to pause at this point. The Bible says pray, praying in tongues edifies the self. So do you want to be edified? How do we guard our hearts? How do we tend to the soil of our hearts? We can pray in tongues, friends. We've got to be a people who pray in the Spirit because if you're battling to walk with the Holy Spirit, I urge you, practice praying in tongues and the Holy Spirit will come alive to you. Serve. And then repentance, we touched in Matthew 3 verse 8, says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. We've got to be quick to confess. Do not let the enemy come in and just, so a tiny seed of offense. And then, it, you know what? It, it wears you down. You end up on the ground collecting dust and mildew instead of being facing the sun, getting the sunshine on you. And forgiveness, Ephesians 4. And so my closing thoughts, I do have a song that I want to play because I actually do, I really believe God wants to deposit the gift of faith and hope in our, in our hearts for the season that we're in because he wants more for us. How are we going to advance the gospel, friends? How are we going to show people more about Jesus? We need to walk into the fullness that God has for us. John 10 verse 10 says, I have come to give life and life in abundance. We're not just called to have life in small measures of small portions. He's come to bring life in the fullest regard so we overflow so that others can come and drink of the fruit and be led to the vine, the vine Jesus Christ. And so closing thoughts, this is just, if we see an apple tree, okay, and it's got some beautiful fruit on it, we all know it's an apple tree, right? It's an apple tree. If you see an apple tree and hasn't bared fruit yet, is it still an apple tree? Yes, it's still an apple tree, even though it didn't bear fruit. So the apple tree's identity 
is not defined by the fruit that it produces. So are we. We are not defined by the fruit we produce, but by the creator who created us. And so this morning, if you are feeling unworthy or you've put limitations on self, it is not about performance, but it is about being grafted into the van. And so we can um, get ready to play that song, but just before we, you press play, Dash, thank you, you've been amazing. If you can give it up for that sound desk over there, they're amazing. <laughs> I was like, shame Dash, you got me today, and I'm the one who loves all the slides, I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, I want us to listen to this song and allow the Holy Spirit to talk to us, and so just Get into a posture of receiving from the Lord. If that looks like you bowing your head, opening your arms, getting onto the floor, Jesus has hope and faith on offer. And I do believe there's some of you who need to deal with forgiveness. And so go before the Father now in your hearts and ask him and, and forgive. And if you need to repent, repent. And if you need to ask God, where can I be pruned so that I can walk into the fullness of what you have for me, ask him. You can play the song, Dash. Thank you. You'll sustain what you have started 
and you'll teach me to abide. So be the gardener of my heart, turn the soil of my soul, break up the fallow ground, cut back the overgrown, and I won't shy away. I will let the branches fall, so what you want can stay. What you love can to the Lord.
that God wants to deposit fresh hope this morning. That maybe you've been dependent on a circumstance to bring you hope. But Jesus says, hope has a name. My name is Jesus. And he is coming to bring you hope this morning. And so, Father God, we just say we trust you. Church, can we say together, we tr- I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. I entrust my future to you. I give you my fears. I submit my life to you. And I believe there's a moment that some of you here have wandered away from the Lord. And today God is calling the prodigals home. He says if you have left, if you have left the vine, if you have wandered slightly from Jesus, today is the day He is calling you back and He says I'm waiting for you. And so I'm doing an elder call. If you want to commit your life to Jesus Christ, whether it's a new time commitment or whether it's a recommitment, I want you to raise your hand in faith and be bold and be brave. I see that hand. Thank you. Be daring. I see that hand. Raise your hands, guys, in response to the Lord if you want to, if you want to commit your life to Him today. purchased you with his body so that you could be grafted into the vine forever and so that you can live a full and abundant life in Christ Jesus and so church let's just repeat after me as I lead us in an altar call and a salvation prayer so that we can be with our friends who've raised their hands and are committing their life to Jesus Father God I commit my life to you I declare that you are Lord. I declare that you are King of my life. I choose to remain in you. I choose to abide. Thank you, Jesus, that you have grafted me into you. I'm a new creation today. The old has gone. The new has come. And I receive your gift of faith. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Amen. And thank you, Jesus, Lord. We just bless your name. We just bless your holy name. We thank you that you so love us, that you sent your son. That you so love us, that you prune us. That you so love us, that you prune to reward us. And I thank you, Lord, that you would help us to keep you the main thing, to keep you the one that we pursue. And thank you, Jesus, as we're grafted into you, Lord, as we are pruned to bloom, Lord. May you just, uh, may, may you just, your light explode in us, Father God. We love you, Jesus.